couldn't believe it. They, I mean, the first thing they did, like you've just said, is um, age. What are you doing that for at your age? But I want to keep going as long as possible. It's about allocating resources in the right way, utilising the levy effectively, ensuring entry-level apprenticeships are supported. Apprenticeships originally are all about a tool of social justice and trying to give an opportunity to everybody, and we can't forget that. I've had that just desire just to push on and get to where I want to be and when this application came up I just was myself. I knew what I was capable of and what I can do. A lot more needs to be done to support small businesses particularly. We're in very much a small business economy now. You know if you've got a good company behind you, you've got a good training department who give you as much support as is humanly possible then I think you know, in all honesty, you should go for it. There are so many more pros than cons to apprenticeships. And please, please always consider it. It is totally worth it. It's actually changed my life, really. Welcome to the third series of All About Apprenticeships, brought to you by the HomeServe Foundation. I'm Georgie Frost, and today we're going back to basics. If you're a business owner thinking of putting together an apprenticeship scheme, how can you get it right for both you and your apprentices? What do you need to know? Where do you get funding from? How important is it to find a good training provider? And what even makes a good apprenticeship scheme? My guest today is Richard Hamer, who is Education Skills Director at BAE Systems. But before that, as always, here's Anna Morrison from Amazing Apprenticeships with her take on this week's topic. Hello, my name is Anna Morrison and I'm the Founder and Director of Amazing Apprenticeships. For me, I think the top five things a business needs to know about setting up a good apprenticeship scheme are these. Number one, I think it's all about positioning. As an employer, you need to really think, if you're starting off an apprenticeship programme for the first time, it's an investment. You're going to need to involve your team in the process. It's not going to be a quick or a cheap solution for your organisation. So really thinking about how it's positioned within your business. Apprentices are important. They're going to take a lot of investment from you, both in, in terms of time and the financial investment as well, of course, in paying their salary. Where's that person going to work? What job role are they going to be doing? Who are they going to be with? And how do you see that role fitting in with your future needs of the business? Then secondly, I think just building on that, it's really thinking about the vacancy and the job role. What level is it going to be at? What kind of variety of tasks are you going to be able to offer your apprentice? Where are the key areas of your business that you feel they really might need to fit in with? Because I think once you get that really clear picture, and it might start by just writing down loads of words on a piece of paper, but starting to really think about what do we need this apprenticeship or this person filling this apprenticeship position to be able to bring to our business ideally? I think once you're building up that picture, then you need to start doing your research as well. And by that, I mean speaking to other employers who will have a lot of experience and will be really willing to share their experiences with you as well. And um, we've got something called the Apprenticeship Ambassador Network in England, where we've got loads of apprenticeship employers who are really happy to sit with other employers and just explain their experience. What went well? What could have gone better? Where some of those kind of really important points um, and moments might be in the apprentice journey that you really need to be aware of. Linked to that, I think you need to then really take time to find the right training provider. There are hundreds, thousands actually, of different training providers. We've got colleges, we have independent training providers, we have universities and we have employer providers. 
So I think sometimes when I'm working with employers, they think that they need to go to their nearest provider, whether that's a college or an independent provider. But actually, with those thousands of apprenticeship providers that we've got across the country, there are lots of different ways that you can work with them. You don't necessarily have to do day release, for example. Many providers now are offering a kind of hybrid model where there's online, there's some in-person. So really taking the time to find the right provider for you with the right delivery model is very important. I also think for an employer, it's really crucial that you think about how the position that you're creating might be able to to support you to achieve some of your social mobility or diversity and inclusion uh, targets or aspirations that you have for your business as well. When, if you're a small employer or a big employer, you can really think about your local community. Think about the types of individuals that you might like to give a chance to. Perhaps think about when you were younger, you know, who would you have, uh, who would you have valued being given an opportunity by? How might you be able to help that as well? You know, really thinking about the terms and conditions that you offer, whether it's the pay, whether it's the flexibility, all of those things are really important. So not just rushing in thinking, right, well, they must have GCSEs or they must have A-levels or they must have this level of experience but thinking about how could I really identify someone with brilliant potential, lots of talent, and harness that and bring it into my business. Thank you to Anna, as always. So let's get the views now of Richard Hamer, Education Skills Director at BAE Systems. Now, as we discussed last season, the company have committed to taking on almost 1,000 apprentices this year. So let's delve just a little bit deeper into that and find out the secret to their success for putting together a great apprenticeship scheme. Richard, a very warm welcome to you. Firstly, why would or why should a business set up an apprenticeship scheme? Um, from BA Systems' perspective, it really is about meeting our future skills needs. Um, as you mentioned, we've got just under a thousand we're recruiting this year, so it's absolutely essential. It's part of our you know, sort of critical skills plan. It will also help us mitigate particular skills shortages that we have as a business. So things like nuclear engineering, aerospace software engineering, things that are difficult to recruit in the marketplace. It also helps with achieving greater diversity. Um, so we want sort of you know, more young women, more ethnic minorities, more people from different backgrounds to join us as a company. So an apprenticeship is a good way to, to make us a more inclusive employer. Um, lastly, we talk about apprenticeships as a way into work for young people, but clearly they're also a great device for upskilling and reskilling your existing workforce. So there are a whole range of benefits, I believe, for apprenticeships. You speak from the perspective, though, of a very large company. For any small businesses listening to this, might think, oh, with the cost and the effort, that sort of thing, is it really worth it for me? I believe fundamentally, yes. And in fact, the, the, the figures show that. Apprenticeships are better, to be honest. I think it meets needs of small companies because if you look at the facts, there are the vast majority of apprentices are employed by small companies, not large companies like BA Systems or Rolls-Royce or, or the BBC. Um, and you know, there's, there's lots of good things out there to help small companies. And indeed, the government through the National Apprenticeship Service, you know, offers a, a great way in to help small companies. So you can visit apprenticeships.gov.uk, you'll find some simple ways to access the system. Um, if there's some steps to go through, I'll, I'll take you through those. Shall I do that now? Enjoy Please do. Just... Yes. Practically speaking, give us a bit of a guide. What do you need yeah, to do? I think mean, mean the first thing to do is to be clear in your own mind about what your own business needs are um, in terms of skills. So be clear, first of all, about what they are, what specific apprenticeship it is, and also what level. And levels are, I know it's a technical term, but 
you look on the guides and things, you'll see a level three equates to like an A-level, whereas level six equates to what looks like a, a degree. Um, once you've got a view around that, have a look and find out what particular apprenticeship it is that you need. Um, and that, again, that, that website there will, will help you. But you can also look at the Institute for Apprenticeships website as well for a full list of all the different apprenticeships. When you've got that, you can think about a training provider or a college who can help deliver that for you. And again, there are a great variety of providers out there and locally who can help support you. Um, if you register on the apprenticeship website, um, then government can help access you with the funding to support that and also help you with recruitment. Uh, because that link, there's a link through to find an apprenticeship, uh, which actually then helps you to recruit your apprentices. And also the providers, the colleges and whatever advisors, they can help you too. So there's help all the way along for smaller companies who want like BA systems with people like me and HR teams to, to manage the programmes. I want to talk a little bit more about the training providers and colleges you spoke about, because, of course, setting up an apprenticeship scheme isn't just about what you do internally, although that's obviously a huge part of it. There are so many partners to deal with. How important is it to find partners that you can rely on? And how do you go about doing that? Well, it's absolutely crucial to have the right partner. It is it is about trust, about us working closely with the provider, that working closely equally with our apprentices. So how do we do that? I mean, for us BA systems, we reach out to local providers and whatever, we've got probably an expert view. But if you're a smaller company, like talking before, Georgie, again, I mentioned, you know, through that website, you'll be able to get a link there to different local providers that you can see. Um, what I think you should do then is actually reaching out to them and talking with them about what they've got. But in terms of that, you know, from the horse's mouth, what's it really feel, feel like or look like? then why not ask them to put you in contact um, with um, some other local employers or whatever that, that they've got on their network. So talk to employers and find out about, about what they speak. Another great thing to do is ask them to put in contact with some apprentices. Um, so people actually already on the courses, get them to provide what their, their thoughts are around the, the programmes too. So that way you get a, a rounded picture which will help inform your view of what the apprenticeship is. As well as providing skills um, or upskilling existing staff, is there something about culture, imbuing a certain ethic within apprenticeships? By having your own apprenticeship scheme, you can give something more than just skills. Yeah, I think it's a really good point, Georgie. I think that an apprenticeship, in terms of the definition, is about knowledge, skills and behaviours. And that last, that B, in some ways, that's almost the most important bit. Um, obviously, apprenticeship is about knowledge. It's about the ability to do the particular task you've been asked to do. But it's also about the culture and the mindset. Um, so in an engineering environment, you know, safety is absolutely essential. And actually having that sort of front of mind to, to, to do that. But also the ability we've got here is about communication, teamwork, a whole range of things. So an apprenticeship has all that built in and some of that's formal and some of that's informal it's like like in BA systems we get our apprentices to go out into local schools or community organizations but that's a good thing it's about helping us to recruit but it also when they go out there into schools they're thinking about talking to people in different walks of life who people have no context of work and it's, and it's stretching and developing them so all those things are really powerful and they're ways that you get people to be fit with your organizational culture and succeed in, in your organisation. So that's a really, really important thing that we build in and the DBA system is truly passionate about. 
Mm. Apart from obviously developing fantastic members of staff that really understand the culture and the ethic, work ethic, are there any other benefits for businesses that we've missed? Yeah, I, 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 think, I think that it also helps develop your own staff. I mean, taking responsibility for others um, and getting to reflect upon their learning needs makes you think yourself about your own, um, where you work at work and what your own requirements are. So we BA Systems do definitely see a positive benefit actually in supporting other people. It makes you, I think, a better person. Also, I think new people coming to the workplace look at work differently. They ask searching questions quite rightly and they challenge assumptions that we've all had for a long time. So we see an injection of new ideas, injection of creativity and a more positive and happier working environment. So there are lots of good things about having apprentices in the working place. Just to throw a spanner into the works on that one, is there a slight danger when you build your own workforce from the, literally the ground up, from right from the start, that actually you don't have those external perspectives that you need to innovate, to question existing assumptions, to drive yourself forward? I think there are always ways, Georgie, that you get those insights. Um, so um, you get insights from, say, people join, join like that, but also any training programme will have, will have apprentices from other organisations on them. So I think one of the benefits from an apprenticeship is not only we've got people with BA systems, but you'll have people from the supply chain or have a local firms there as well. And they'd be people in different sectors. Um, I mean, we, in terms of BA systems, uh, apprenticeship training team, we also um, uh, reach out and talk to our peers regularly. Um, so about what they're doing. Also, when we're designing and improving our apprenticeship standards. So it's an evolving picture, but one that involves close liaison with people in our own sector, but also people in different sectors, because we're magpies. We're wanting to, mm. to see what good practice is out there and what different thinking, whatever is around. So I think you can, it's a good question, but I think you need to build in mechanisms that allow for that constant sort of dialogue and discussion and improvement. We could have a whole podcast on that subject alone. But looking around as you do, doubtless, from what you can see, what separates the good apprenticeship schemes from the the not so good, should we say, like the ones that really fail, fail the business, fail the apprentices? And therefore, how can you stop that happening? I think of, of almost a kind of principle is, is thinking about the focus on the needs of the apprentice is, is a really good place to start. And we're required to do that every sort of 12 weekly reviews and things like that. So think about it from their perspective, but also think about it to right up front, be very clear about what you as a business need. Um, so you've got you've got an objective about where you want to go. So if you, you know you're building around what you believe the apprentice needs to do to develop them, but also you've got that clear line of sight around what you require. I think also having senior management support, so getting them to endorse what you do, to commit it, um, also to get them involved in the pastoral care. Um, so we, this is about, you know, particularly with those who are joining straight from school, you've got to put an arm around them, make sure that you know, they're protected and safeguarded. And in the current environment, COVID, and when people have been working from home, although cross fingers will all be now going back to work again more, more, more regularly, um, thinking and ensuring you're contacting people where people are distant, distance more regularly. So I think you need to do that. Um, just we just talk now about that. You know, that behavioural curriculum, I think focusing on that 
as well as the you know the core knowledge and the skills they've got making sure you're developing building resilience and all the things and factors we, we hit in life and the last thing again a, a, a point that we were talking about before is making sure you've got a good training partner and that you've got a strong relationship with that organization so we ba systems our training teams are in constant dialogue with our providers you know sort of making sure that they're doing what we expect them to do, but also that they're tenants if there are issues. So we can step in and help the apprentice or whatever with them if there are things that we need to do to provide you know, additional support or maths or what it might be from an engineer or whatever, in addition to what the college or whatever the provider is doing too. Mm. Let's talk a little bit more about BAE systems and the, the almost 1,000 apprentices you're, you're taking on this year. That's, that's a big investment. Yeah, it's, 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 it's enormous. Um, mm. In fact, you know, um, Every, every apprentice costs us more than £100,000 if you combine the salary um, and the training over, over more than three years. Um, I mean, you know, there are a whole range of different programmes in terms of what they're doing with us. Um, from new, I mentioned for nuclear engineering, aerospace software um, uh, engineering, whole range of skills at level three in terms of things like welding, electrician, around that. These are all engineering and probably two thirds of our apprentices are in engineering and manufacturing, but we also have a whole range of other options, you know, in terms of project management, supply chain, procurement, um, indeed, even a new one, the sustainability business skills and apprenticeship. So, you know, a whole, whole wealth and they, they link back to our core business. And we're very fortunate that in terms of the UK, we've got some long term programs through Dreadnought, which is the next generation nuclear submarine, Tempest, the future in terms of, of combat air for the UK. Those programs give us a commitment to the future. Um, and that's allowed us to grow the number of our apprentices, as you mentioned, you know, including this under a thousand this year, which means in total that we are training, we're now two and a half thousand, we'll be moving to over three thousand. And indeed, I think we move from having probably you know, less than 10 different apprenticeships to now over 50. Um, so there's a huge wealth of opportunities, you know, for, for, for people to apply to here at BA Systems. How many do you expect to stay on? Um, well, we're very fortunate, actually, that in terms of completion, um, with 95% of our apprentices complete. Um, oh, yeah. And typically the ones that we lose um, usually leave in the first year, maybe because they made a, a choice that maybe wasn't, wasn't quite what they were thinking about. Sometimes they have a few behavioural issues or whatever. Those that complete the three and a half years for level three, typically, or the degree apprenticeship, it's five years. It's almost unheard of for that person not actually then to, to join the programme. So we've got a very strong track record. And that's because I think when the young people go through, they can see a future with us and we can see a future with them. And we've invested a lot in them. So clearly we want to keep them. Is it all young people? Because on this uh, podcast, we've talked a lot about how actually apprentices aren't just for young people. They can be for older people, but they can also be for existing staff members as well who want to just change direction. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, for BA Systems, the great majority of our apprentices are recruited direct from school or for college. Um, and the majority, you know, um, you know, are, are under you know, sort of 20 years of age when they join us. Um, but but that, that's not the whole picture. We do have mature learners, um, you know, people that apply to us outside the organisation. People want you to make, you know, radical changes. They're working in a superstore or they're working in a garage on cars, but they've always wanted to work on fast jets. Um, mm. And for those, we can we typically don't give them a full apprenticeship. It's usually a, a shorter apprenticeship because they've already got skills and things to offer. And then inside our workforce, I mentioned a, 
the sustainability apprenticeship, that's actually level seven, it's a master's apprenticeship. And those people are typically 30 plus, they've already been with us, they're in the organization. And what we're doing is investing in their skills, reskilling, upskilling, so they can be, be you know, change agents for us around sustainability in our business. So, so yes, you're right, it, it is an opportunity and a platform to reskill and upskill your workforce too. And we are doing that, but not in the, the, not in the biggest numbers, the biggest numbers for us are for people direct from school. Well, before I let you go, if a business owner is listening now, give me your top three tips for starting an apprenticeship scheme. Yeah, I, I think that the, the top three tips would be first to be clear about what your need is. Um, do some research first around sort of what the skills is, what are the apprenticeships out there and what the levels that you need. Um, and the second tip would be to, to visit that government website, um, apprenticeships.gov.uk. And the third tip is about listening. And I, I would listen to what our employers, have a conversation with our employers about what they think about that apprenticeship and different providers. And also to talk to some young people, apprentices who are on those courses to get their views, because we certainly find VA systems, you know, talking to our employers, but also talk to young people is absolutely critical. Richard, thank you so much. Thank you also to Anna, as always, and to you for listening to this episode of All About Apprenticeships. So if you want to get in touch to have your say on anything we've been talking about today, you can find the HomeServe Foundation on Twitter at HSV underscore foundation. Just use the hashtag All About Apprenticeships. And if you've enjoyed this episode, please do leave a rating and hit subscribe. It helps other people find us. 